Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Welcome everybody to the KSR pre-show for Monday, October 10th. Give us a call on the Clark's Pub and Shop phone line, 502-571-1080. The KSR pre-show text machine, 502-414-1724. I'm Shannon, the dude in the Louisville studio, being joined by Billy Rutledge over in the Lexington studio. Good morning, Billy. How are you, man? I'm awake. Yeah. I'm here. Yeah. I've made it to the studio, uh, but this could be a long Monday, Shannon. But I'm glad to be alongside with you this morning. Uh, before we get into all the ugliness that happened over the weekend with Kentucky <laughs> football game in South Carolina, which I, I don't really even want to talk about. I guess we have to talk about it, though, right? Uh, it's Columbus Day, though. And I walk in here today, and I realize, like, I'm one of the very few people who are in the building again. It feels like COVID again. <laughs> so I, did I, like, not get the memo? Are we supposed to be off on Columbus Day? Or why is it that nobody's here except for me and, like, two other people? I don't know, Shannon. That's a good question. You know, you are the the, the grinder of the company. I yeah. don't think that you even get days off when when people give are supposed to have days off. You still got to come in and do your shows. But I don't know. Are we still celebrating this holiday? Is Columbus Day still a thing? Is, is cancel culture not taking Columbus yet? Because I feel like he was should have been high on the list. I, I felt like he was on the list. I felt like that happened. But then I look at my calendar. It says Columbus Day. I'm driving to work. I realize traffic is very light. I guess a lot of people get this day off. I know banks are still closed on Columbus Day. And then I walk in here. And usually uh, there's a couple of people in, like as soon as I walk in the door, like every morning I have a routine. I come in and say hello to the two or three people that are sitting here at the uh, sales desk. Uh-huh. I walk in, I turn to my right to say hello, <laughs> and there's nobody there. I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on today? <laughs> so uh, maybe maybe we add this to the comp day list. I think we, I think we have to, Sharon. Yeah. I think we do. But, you know, we're always going to show up and, uh, you know, plenty to talk about. Somebody's got to show up to talk about well, this game, I, I and so think, that's what we have I, to do. I, I think we should all get a comp day for being forced to talk about this game that <laughs> happened. Kentucky football throwing in a clunker, losing to South Carolina 24-14. Ugly game, as I said, without Will Levis. Let's start there because you and I were talking on Friday and all last week leading up to the game. You and I kind of believed that Will Levis was going to play. 
Now, we didn't mm-hmm. have a whole lot of things to base that off of, just the fact that Will Levis is that type of guy who wants to be out there and, you know, take every snap. So, it really, that's all that you and I had that to base up that off of. We had the caller, though, Andy, that said, take it to the bank. Will Levis will not play at all. He will that's not true. dress. And you know what? I, I, I was doubting Andy, but I got to say, hey, when I'm wrong, I'll admit I'm wrong. I was doubting Andy. Andy was right. Will Levis didn't play. So he has some inside information right there. So maybe we need to listen to Andy moving forward. We have our first KSR pre-show source. It sounds like yeah. Shannon. We I thought we had one when the guy guaranteed that we were going to have alcohol at Kroger Field when he said that during the summer. That never happened. No. So we're going to have to put our hopes on Andy. Hopefully he'll call in and give us some more scoop in the future. But yes, and despite that fact that Will Levis didn't play, I don't think that the play of, of Kaya Sharon is what cost Kentucky. <laughs> thought it was literally everything else, Shannon, yep. and, and we'll get into it, but I thought, you know, while he did miss some throws at times, he was not the reason why Kentucky lost that game. Well, I mean, a lot of people are calling this the ugliest, the worst uh, loss in the Stoops era since he's been here at Kentucky, and I'm trying to think of some other games that were, you know, uglier than this one, and I'm struggling to think of some. I'm sure there's one or two, you know, big clunkers that they, they threw in in the last 10 years or so, but... Just in recent memory, this is the one that comes to mind. I mean, it started just from the get-go. I mean, right off the bat, that reverse or end around, whatever they were trying to do there with Barry and Brown. Yeah. You know, the fumble, and then 13 seconds into the game, you're already down 7 nothing. So you essentially spot South Carolina 7 nothing out, out of the gate. And I don't care what caliber of SEC school you're playing, when you give somebody 7 points to start the game, it's going to be hard to climb back from that, even if it is South Carolina. Yeah, there have been a couple really tough losses to Florida over these last 10 years. Maybe when you're not covering a receiver, you don't have enough men on the field that I think could be considered the worst. But this is definitely the most disappointing. You were this, uh, you played an inferior opponent and you did not live up to expectations. And you, you mentioned that first play, Shannon, the reverse that leads to a fumble, leads to South Carolina going to the two yard line and punching it in on the, on the next play. You know, while Kentucky was able to battle back and make it 7-7 seven to seven going into the locker room, going into halftime, I really do think that first play changed everything. Yeah. It changed the coaches' approach. It changed the confidence of the guys. I think that first play, and Mark Stoops took, uh, took the blame for it. He said, you know, that's on me. I should have known better. Uh, maybe your offensive coordinator that has spent a lot of time in the NFL as well should have known better as well. But... Even though the fact that they were able to tie the game at some point, that game, that play, I think, impacted the entire rest of the game. I don't think you can understate how important that play was. It sucked the air out of the stadium at that point. All the excitement that was building up all day long, and then the fans are in there, and, you know, the Kroger Field's rocking, and then all of a sudden you come out, you you fumble the ball, you give up a score in the first, you know, like we said, 13 seconds of the game. It just changed the vibe of the entire game at that point. I don't really understand. Look, I'm not an offensive coordinator. I'm not a football coach. Never have been, never will be. But I don't understand necessarily going out and trying to do a reverse on the first play of the game. You know, it feels like something that maybe you would work up to. Mm-hmm. It feels like you're kind of uh, jumping into your trick plays at the very first play of the game. I don't really understand why you do that. Well, you want to get Barry on Brown in space. You saw, you know, how much of a difference maker he can be. But, you know, to do it like that, uh, it, it just South Carolina showed them a different look. They showed pressure on the first play. And look, Kentucky could not overcome the injuries from the old Miss game, whether it be Will Levis, whether it be Jacquez Jones in the middle, whether it be Jeremy Flax on the tackle position. Those guys' presence was really missed in this game. And the second game in a row that Kentucky continued to shoot themselves in the foot. 
whether it be uh, false starts or illegal procedures at the worst times, yeah. whether it be giving up too, way too many sacks. I believe Kentucky is one of the leaders in the country with the most sacks allowed on this offensive line. Or whether it be special teams again, Shannon. There's blocked punts. There's missed field goals. Maybe we need a GD special teams coach. <laughs> Slow down now. Hold on a minute. I mean, please, guys. Hey. So, so, I mean, let me ask you, though, because we were talking about this last week. You said that you were still confident in the kicking game. You were still confident in the special teams. Are you now confident as you were last week after watching yet another game? No, I've lost confidence, Shannon. And it's not just <laughs> Ruffalo that's missing kicks. It's the whole operation. It yeah. was Perry, the back of long snapper starting in this game, did not have a great snap. It's South Carolina, who you should have seen as somebody that's really good at blocking punts, really good at special teams. You should have been prepared for that, and you give up a blocked punt. So it's just, I don't have any confidence in the special teams right now, Shannon. Now, now with Will Levis out, of course, you got the backup quarterback and Sharon, who I don't think, like like you said, I don't think he played a bad game. I don't think that was the problem. There was a lot of other issues, as mm -hmm. we pointed out here. But I thought that Chris Rodriguez would get the ball more than what he did. He carried the ball 22 times overall. I think Matt may have set the, uh, what did he set it at, 23 or 24, I think, on Friday. And we all took the over. Only got six carries in the second half, which was sort of surprising. Um, the reason for that, though, I, and Tom and Freddie were talking about this on the Leach Report, it seemed like they got those penalties at, at really the worst times that you could get them, you know, when you're setting yeah. up maybe uh, second and manageable to run, and then all of a sudden you get some sort of penalty. Now you're backed up to second and 15, or whatever the case may be. You're in a position to now where you don't want to run the ball, you have to throw the ball. And I think that's why a lot of Chris Rodriguez's uh, carries were, were sort of shortened in the second half. Yeah, I, I'm not going to accept that as an excuse, Shannon. Here's the thing. Despite, you know, there being some pretty bad penalties that really backed up Kentucky at the wrong times, there was only five penalties for 25 yards. That should not completely derail your game plan of Chris Rodriguez. Now, you said he only had six carries in the second half. Kentucky ran a total of 39 plays in the second half, and he only gave C-Rod the ball six times after he looked like a bowling ball in the entire first half. I thought that was coaching malpractice, Shannon. I will not mince words. I think they felt a pressure to score after Mississippi State scored on that first drive of the second half. Mm -hmm. They threw out the original game plan, just like they threw out the original game plan after the first play of the game. Um, Kentucky's defense, who was really solid in the second half of the Ole Miss game, was very solid in the first half of this game. After spotting them seven points, they don't allow a touchdown for the entire rest of the first half. But it just felt like the dam broke in the second half, Shannon. You could only do so much. You need your offense to come around at some point, and it was too late. And C-Rod, I think he was averaging like, what, five and a half a carry or something he like that? He was killing it. He yeah. was killing it, Shannon. So, it's a, it is really a question, um, a head-scratcher on why they didn't give him the ball more in the second half. And, and then we had to deal with what you tweeted out this morning, Shane Beamer and those stupid glasses and him partying and celebrating in the locker room. But you know what? Hey, you talk trash, you get beat by that team that you talk trash to, you're going to get some trash talk going right back at you, right? So that's yeah. what happened. You know him throwing on those glasses <laughs> was a direct shot at Stoops. Even though Stoops said in his uh, 
you know, this preseason comment, you could put on some stupid glasses and go out there and recruit or whatever. You know that was a shot at Beamer, whether or not he yeah. wants to admit it or not. <laughs> and Beamer knew that. And that's what he threw on those stupid glasses and celebrated with the team. But you know what? You have to hand it to them. They they won the game. They earned it. So. Yeah, that, that was deserved. Soup should have seen that coming from a mile away. I don't, I don't hate anything about that. But I do hate that this was a huge recruiting weekend for Kentucky football. Yeah. I mean, everybody and their mother and their mother's mother was there to help sell or to help watch this game and see if Kentucky is the place for them in their future. But after a loss like that, and it just seems, Shannon, South Carolina has Kentucky's number when their starting quarterback is out. Right. I mean, that seems like when they can get the best of the Mark Stoops, Kentucky Wildcats. It's only the second time in the last nine years that the Gamecocks have been able to win against the Cats. The last two times, Mark Stoops wishes he would have put Lynn Bowden in a little bit sooner. And now Kaya Sharon couldn't get it done eventually with Will Levis out. But now, you know, I think our focus shifts to when Will Levis comes back, because while we thought this team would be fine without him, maybe it shows after that game that they really do need their NFL prospect under center. Oh, absolutely we do. I mean, you asked me on Friday, can we beat South Carolina? Can we? Yeah, I think we could have. But can you and will you is two different things. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that Kentucky is still a better team. But, you know, when you come out and you shoot yourself in the foot with fumbles and penalties, you know, you can lose to anybody in the SEC at that point when you play it, like it that. It just seemed like a nightmare first quarter, Shannon. You know, yeah. you spot them the touchdown at the beginning. You're already off to a fast start with blocked punts and penalties on your offensive line. So for Kentucky to be able to survive that first quarter and be tied at halftime, I thought this team was going to refocus, be ready to go, and they could have coasted in the second half with a new game plan, and they came out flat. J.J. Weaver said that there was just no juice on the sideline. Why not? Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it's a packed house before the, you know, seven minutes left in the game when everybody had left already. I don't know if you saw pictures of I the bleachers did. at that yeah. point. Yeah. But I mean, it was an SEC game. How are you not up for this? I think they got really punched in the mouth on that first play and just just really never recovered. I just realized our phone lines weren't up. I, I forget every day when you come in here, you don't have a phone. So you have to pull it up on your screen. So if anybody was trying to call there in that first segment, I, I may have missed your call because I don't have. A physical phone here anymore and it takes well a you've only got to. seven things to I do know, right? while you're hosting the show shannon but our phone lines did crap out on us on the post game show a little bit as well oh, they so. did oh what happened then well every it was still on the screen it's not like it got deleted off the screen it just they stopped talking and i was like <laughs> okay well i guess that we're off the air we're going to go to a break and then matt and the caller came back and they had acted like nothing had happened. They had just been talking the entire time. So uh, we're still unraveling the mysteries of this new studio. So you were uh, telling me a little bit before we came on the air today that the callers on the postgame show were a little upset, to put it lightly, which I, I can understand that. So what was uh, did you get any crazy callers on the postgame show? Like we've had in the past? Um, I don't know about crazy. Yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't that eventful in that way. Also, there were no children as well, uh, as it was a late 730 start. Nobody's getting through the Billy Blur. We're not letting the any Billy children on anyway. Yeah, that's right. Um, but at the same time, I just, you know, I think there is a, there's definitely a sense of frustration and also a, a sense of what were we thinking when we're thinking about Atlanta? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, how foolish well, are we well, to think, get our hopes up like we did? I like? don't think it was foolish, actually. I don't. I mean, you go back to the Ole Miss game. Again, it's simple things, simple mistakes that they made. This mm-hmm. team could have easily been 6-0. and Easily. I mean, you had all those mistakes in the Ole Miss game going back to last week. You still only lost by a few points. True. And then if Will Levis doesn't get hurt, there's just, you know, a few things here or there. 
that if they go your way instead of against you, you're mm-hmm. looking at a 6-0 and team as opposed to Right now, worst case scenario, four and two. Now people are saying, oh, we're going to go seven and five. You know, Max Duffy was right when he said seven and five. I'm not willing to say seven and five yet. But, you know, we got to get Will Levis healthy. I mean, if he doesn't play next game, maybe we are looking at, you know, seven and five, eight and four, something like that. Yeah, just losing to Spencer Rattler hurts. You know, that that guy is just not talented enough to say that he should have beaten you. And now you've got to play a really tough Mississippi State team who blew out Arkansas and looks like they can put 40 points on the board any given Saturday. So, I mean, you've got to be able to keep up with that. Your outlook for the entire rest of the year, I think, has changed. But it's still possible, you know. Nine wins is still possible. Yep. It, even even with losses to Tennessee and Georgia, you can get to eight, and a bowl game would give you nine, and you could be ranked in the top 25 at the end of the year. You're still ranked in the top 25 now. There's still many goals in front of you, but I definitely a, a kick in the teeth for a lot yes. of in Big Blue Nation. And that's the most frustrating thing so far these last couple of weeks. It's just small things that could have gone your way that didn't, and instead of 6-0, we're talking about a 4-2 and two team. And who knows what happens from here. 502-571-1080. We'll take some of your phone calls. He's Billy Rutledge. I'm Shannon the Dude. It's the KSR Pre-Show. And we will be right back. Sweet dreams are made of this. Who am I to disagree? I travel the world and the seven Welcome back. It is the KSR Pre-Show. Shannon the Dude. Billy Rutledge. 502-571-1080. We're going to get to some of your phone calls in just a minute because the phone lines, Billy, are packed. People want to talk about... Well, either the, either what happened this weekend or basketball, which we'll get to in just a few minutes. I guess the one good thing, though, Billy, is we can now kind of stop the, the Mark Stoop statue conversation for a while <laughs> after the last couple of games. So I'm glad uh, we can well, stop talking about that. Speaking of that sentiment, somebody chimed in on the text line, 502-414-1724. As upset as I was losing to Ole Miss, that was nothing compared to losing to such a terrible South Carolina team and coach. We can take losing on the road by a few points to a decent team. We cannot take losing at home to a much inferior team. Stoops should pack his bags. Oh, come on. See, that's amazing how fickle fans can be, right? You start off 4-0, people are like, let's build a statue. Then you lose one game to a good Ole Miss team. You lose your starting quarterback and lose to South Carolina, and now people want you to pack your bags. That, that's uh, just stupid. Just shows you how much the expectations have changed around here. It's unacceptable to not win nine or ten games. But, uh, but I think but that, that you'll realize that it very much is acceptable. Yeah, I mean, who says they're not going to win nine games? I mean, it's it's not looking good after losing back-to-back games and especially losing to South Carolina. But you win a game maybe that you're not supposed to, and all of a sudden you're right back on track. Yep. I'm just trying to find a silver lining here. I know fans are <laughs> upset, all right? I get it. But you did you did lose that game without Will Levis. It's not like Levis played and you got beat. Well, you saw some pretty great things out of the run game in Chris Rodriguez. So maybe if you stick with it, uh, you can see um, some more fruits of that labor. It's just you know, Scangarillo. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna judge his tenure yet at Kentucky. I want you know I don't want to judge him after a performance when you don't have your starting quarterback and yeah. in the first you know few weeks you didn't have Chris Rodriguez, so you really haven't had everybody at their best. But uh, not the best start. No, but I mean, we were all calling Scangarello a genius the last four weeks or the first four weeks of the season. Then he loses two games. All of a sudden, he's terrible. Well, he's got to score more points, and it's not against Youngstown State or these Poop State teams. He's got to do it against SEC teams. Let's go to the phone lines. What's up, TJ? Hey, guys. How are y'all this morning? All right, man. Doing good. Good. Hey, you know, my problem is you can't go into SEC media days and and – you know, 
talk bad about a coach, he can say he didn't all he wants, but we know stupid sunglasses, the dancing around. Mark Stoops and this Kentucky football team deserve every bit of trash talk, getting drugged through the mud, all of it, losing to South Carolina the way they did. That team gave up in the second half. They, they gave up. They quit. And it was evident. You could see it. The players weren't chasing the other players to tackle them. They were missing tackles. DeAndre Square just absolutely got bulldozed by a wide receiver on, on a play. They quit. And Mark Stoops has every bit of it coming to him after his comments in SEC media days, after saying we're a football school, not a basketball school. The, the, the athletic, the sport guides, will always turn on you if you disrespect them, and that's what happened. Thank you for the call, TJ. Appreciate it, man. I don't know that I'm willing to say that Kentucky just quit, but they did come out flat. Mark Stoops said that. J.J. Weaver acknowledged that. Didn't have the juice, as you were talking about in the first mm-hmm. segment. And why, again, why not? Why is that? Is it because Will Levis isn't playing? I mean, is that the reason that you don't have the juice? Is that the reason you don't have the energy out there? That, that's um, an ex- that is inexcusable. Yeah, and maybe they felt like they couldn't overcome a deficit like that. Maybe that's why you saw them act like the way that they did on the sideline. But, you know, I'm fine with Coach Stoops throwing out shots like that, okay? I don't think it's, it's you know, hurts the integrity of the game that Stoops is saying stupid sunglasses and dancing. I mean, this is just the back and forth. This has to do with recruiting. This has to be has to do with being a likable guy on the podium. So, you know, as much as Kentucky does deserve to be run through the mud and for Beamer to celebrate in the locker room. I still want my coach to do stuff like that. 502-571-1080. Let's go to Cody. What's up, Cody? Tough, tough, tough weekend. Uh, no, nobody said it yet, and it, it's not going to be what I'm – it's going to start out saying. It'll sound like it is, but, you know, we're, we're 4-0 without C-Rod, and we're 0-2 with C-Rod. Makes no sense. Yeah. Best running back in SEC. Go figure. So – that, that comes back to to play calling, using what you got. They knew the first four games they weren't going to have him, so the play calling was totally different. Now that they've got him, it's like they're confused on how to use him. Um, you know, I mean, I never played organized football, but I've watched football my whole life, and it's kind of like, a, I'll use the analogy of a, a guy that's lost a little bit on his fastball. He's a, He used to throw 100, now he only throws 90, but he's hanging around the, the majors because he knows how to throw off-speed pitches. Well, it's kind of like what they done the other day, and I think Billy's alluded to it, and you have too, Shannon. Uh, they ran, and I know they did on, on Tom and Tom and Freddie on the pre-show uh, or on the Tom Leach show. They ran, 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 and then they would barely turn the quarterback loose or, or uh, our backup quarterback loose. And then they, in the second half, they forgot that he had 100 yards the first half, and they let him run it for I think six six carries. I know he's not Will Levy's. But that quarterback could have played with the same uh, same plays that we'll play with. He just would have been doing different checkdowns. He would have been doing different reads because he's not Will Levy's. They they messed up when they put in that stupid player off the bat. Cost us our confidence. Defense got worn out as the game went on, and I think everybody gave up. And I'm talking about the team because. The plan wasn't working, and they didn't make the changes they needed to make. But yeah. it was just—it was—it was the most frustrating while. Pre- pre- uh, the- uh, yeah, appreciate it, Cody. We gotta let you go. Thank man. you, Cody. Yeah. So we'll be right back.
the KSR pre-show with Shannon the Dude and Billy Rutledge, 502-571-1080. Billy, let's talk a little basketball over the weekend. Sure. Did you see that uh, Calipari tweeted out that C.J. Frederick has turned his ankle and he wouldn't be able to work out for the scouts to show the progress <laughs> that he has made? So I just want everybody to know I have got the official turned ankle tracker going right now on Twitter. We're at one and the season hasn't oh, even started so we're, yet. Oh, so we're keeping track oh, of yeah. all the ankle yeah, injuries. Yeah. Did you think I was joking when I said I was going to keep track of all the uh, turned ankles? Because we have uh, this new strength and conditioning coach <laughs> who has this new technology and these new techniques to make it to, to where we're not going to turn any ankles this year. We're already at one. Yeah, uh, not good for the brand for our new ankle coach. You're right, Shannon. But I, I, I do like to envision that you've you've made a check on the whiteboard or uh-huh. the chalkboard. It's yes. uh, another one down. So hopefully C.J. Frederick can get healthy again here soon. Well, it's more like iPhone notes right now, but I will have a, <laughs> an actual dry erase board for you. Okay, good. Uh, Damian Collins, who a lot of people have been saying is the most improved player during the offseason. Did you see that vertical? Have you seen the video of this? 46 and a half inches. Oh, my God. He could jump I mean, he could jump way above you. the top of the, almost, yeah. How tall be, are you? 46, 47 inches? I am 48? 5 foot 10. Oh, okay. So, well, yeah, we can do the math there. Well, that's, all, okay, that's almost four feet that he can jump. Yeah, which so he can't ins- jump over me. Which is an insane, exactly. insane vertical. Yeah, I mean, he's way above the backboard. And if he's going to, you know, be that improved, then Oscar Sheboy isn't going to have to put up the same numbers that he did last year. No, I mean, his hands were hitting the top of the backboard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like some freakish numbers that he put up. Um, Oscar looked like he was knocking down some outside shots, which is good. Do you realize that uh, Big Blue Madness is this, is this Friday? Do you realize that? Is it really? Is this Friday? Well, that, maybe that's what we should all start to focus on now that uh, no, 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 uh, but yeah, I saw that uh, not only was Oscar Shibway shooting from behind the arc, but Jacob Toppin yeah. shot, hit a ton in the corner during a drill. And, you know, and Reeves continues to be the guy that just does not miss in practice. So, and you know, after their pro day on Sunday, I think there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic about this season. Looks like Toppin and Collins probably made themselves a lot of money. With their performance over the weekend, probably going to improve their draft stock by staying another year. Yeah, I think I yep. don't think you're wrong in that, Shannon. That's, yep. a, that's the benefit of uh, bulking up and eating five thousand calories a day. I'd that's say. right. And you even did it for one day, which was very impressive. You know that means that we're coming up on our one year anniversary of this show because I remember the first show that we did was the Monday after Big Blue Madness. So I guess next Monday, a week from today, will be the one year anniversary. Wow, one year, Shannon. Have you, have, you, you, have you planned anything for me? I have nothing planned for you. <laughs> but uh, maybe the, we can plan something over the next what's, week. Sure. What's the one-year anniversary gift that you're supposed to give? Is it paper? You know, every year you're supposed paper. to. Yeah, every year. I know you're not married, but you will be soon. You have a fiancé. When you get married, you, you'll, have to, you'll have to learn that there's supposed to be a gift that you give every year or every five years, if not every year. But I think it's literally every year. There is a different gift that you're supposed to give. And I think the first year anniversary is paper. You're right. You're right. The modern gift is a clock, but traditionally the one year anniversary gift is paper. Um, so we you know, Shannon, paper? why don't we get like, you know, little matching necklaces? I'll get one with a lock and you get the key and it'll be like <laughs> okay. one year anniversary uh, gift. Uh, that's a little you weird. You don't like that? How are you going to do a paper necklace? 
Oh, it doesn't have to be paper, Shannon. It's I was just to I was be. thinking outside the box. Oh, okay. You're trying to move on. Like, you're moving on. To I like, would like to recap, you're, you're you know. Moving, you're moving on to 50 years. That's the gold. Well, we're going to be, yeah. you know, hopefully this is more than a one-year thing. But, uh, you know, at the same time, I'd like to recap some of our best moments of the KSR pre-show. Maybe we can start to get those together and get it for next month. Sure, yeah. We'll let you do that. You know, I think. Oh, I okay, like thanks. You, I feel yeah, like, like you've got plenty of time when you come in. You do this show, and then what do you do? You know, so. <laughs> okay. And, uh, well, thank you. So, thank you. I got so, nothing else to do no, apparently no, the whole no. rest of the day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so if you want to put that together, we'll run that on Monday. Um, so, will you watch any of Big Blue Madness? Do you think you'll actually watch it? Yeah, I will. Live I mean, though, I mean, I know you'll go back and watch the highlights, but is it something that people you think really are excited about? I mean, it used to be cool. You know, you, you had like the whole. Thing that the big blue banners used to be like a, a big event where people would get excited. They would come out, players right. would dance, yada yada yada. Now Cal comes out, reads off a teleprompter. I don't know that people are as, are as excited about it as maybe what they used to be. Well, uh, you know, what's indicative of that point is only 315 people showing up for tickets for Big Blue Madness. Right. So you could probably say that the excitement level is at a low right now. I will still watch it on TV. Uh, just for the festivities, you know, I want to see some awkward dancing from the players, some forced <laughs> dancing, yeah. and uh, and you know whatever they may do, whether it be a three point contest or a slam dunk. I'm not into the scrimmage, honestly. I think that you know that's I really don't see anything out of that. Just wait for the blue white game if you want to see a real scrimmage. But yeah, I'll, I'll definitely have it on. Shane. Do you want to hear John Calipari say anything? I mean, you're following up a season where you lost to a St. Peter's team you had no business losing to. Do you want him to come out and do a speech? Do you want him to just come out and just do the do the events they would normally do? But do we need to hear from John Calipari after last season? I don't think we do. I think less is more in many of these scenarios, uh, especially coming off of the loss. But I think he'll try to he'll try to put his head in, you know, and say talk about maybe the Gonzaga series or how great these guys have been in practice. I would I would like to say I think less is more in this situation from Cal. Five zero two five seven one ten eighty. Andy. What's up, Andy? Hey, Andy. Hey, guys. How's it going? Is this the Andy that told us that Will Levis wasn't going to play last week? I am one and the same. Well, you were right, man. You were right. Do you have any other yeah. inside scoop? Is Will Levis going to play this Saturday against Mississippi State? <laughs> you know, I don't have that yet, but I might. Well, it felt like he was going to play, though. We saw Mike drop on him talking to what's-his-face. The guy covers the South by Presidency Network. He said he's, the, the pain's kind of going away, and he said, sounds like he's going to play, but I don't know that for sure. I can't, I can't give you um, that yet. Yeah, you know, I was surprised when he came out. He wasn't even in his uniform at all. He was in his uh, jumpsuit, sweatsuit, whatever you want to call it. And I thought, as soon as I saw that, I said, you know what, that Andy, he was right all along. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I got some more good information. This, the, the, my person, I was texting him. Um, you know, we're, we're actually that, that following morning when I showed up to work, you know, I was speaking with, I was just letting them, uh, they told me when they spoke with, uh, Ty, they, they basically what they, what he said about when he's ready to play football, he's like, I just want to play football. That's all I want to do. Like, I asked him if he was nervous. Like, I just want to play football. I said, what an answer. I thought Ty was going to go out. I said, man, he's about to throw for 200 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. But I feel like if they let him throw the football, he may have done that. He didn't look bad, but. The one throw went through Darren Brown's hands, and um, there are some other throws. That one deep ball he threw at the end of the game was a good throw. The guy just made a really good play on it. I mean, you can't fault uh, like what you all saw already. It's not his fault we lost the game. Of, you know, some play calling. I don't think they trust him as much. I think they should trust him a little bit more. Yeah. So.
Well, but, Andy, you know, Andy, if you yeah. have any more scoop later on in the week, make sure you call in and let us yeah. know. Please fill us in, Andy. Yeah. Oh, I will. I will let you know. All right, there you go, Andy. He has a lot more credibility after his call last week. <laughs> well, maybe we can get him off speakerphone the next time he calls in, and uh, we'll we'll have it definitely yeah, his, ironed out. His phone connection does leave something to be desired, but you know what? You got scoop. You'll take it any way you can get it. You know, I didn't feel like that Kyra Sharon, though, came out and looked rattled or anything like that. He didn't look nervous, you know, being in that situation, being in the spotlight, so... I I bet you that all those nerves went away after that first play. Yeah. And Chris Rodriguez Which, fumbled that reverse. Yeah. But that's the last two callers that have brought up the same point. And I agree. I think Kentucky should have taken the training wheels off of Sharon and let him throw down the field, at least throw the ball down the field. You know, at, at times, you know, Barry on Brown had that drop that was huge. And there, I think uh, one pass Sharon led Dane Key a little bit too much. Key, who actually ended up injured in this game with a wrist injury. Hopefully he's going to be okay moving forward. But I, I thought we could have seen a lot more from the offensive play calling when it comes to letting him throw the ball a little bit more because he did look like he was ready to go. Let's go to Scott. Hey, Scott. Hey, good morning, guys. How y'all doing this morning? Hey, all right, man. I'm good, Scott. Hey, uh, y'all may have touched on this, but I, I think they kind of held back on play calling for the offense. It's like uh, Gangrel didn't have any confidence in his quarterback. You know, the the last couple minutes of the, of the game, where they start throwing the ball, they moved the ball really well. You know, where was that rest of the game? And they, they relied too heavy on Rodriguez, I think. And if they would have stuck with the play call, if they were used, if Levis was in there, we'd have had a different outcome. Well, I don't really feel like we relied too much on Rodriguez because, as we pointed out there in the second half, they only touched the ball six times. So. It, I, I don't really know what the answer is at that point. I mean, Billy, it's it's one of those things where just nothing was really working. Nothing yeah, that I, was really working. And Keep I think, again, up. it goes back to the first play. I think you had many things dialed up that you wanted to do in that game. A game planned um, to help your backup quarterback. But I think a lot of that went out the window after the very first play. Let's go to Bob. What's up, Bob? Hey, guys. I was actually at the game, and the team, after that uh, turnover, the very first play of the game, it seemed like all the air came. They weren't jumping around on the sidelines. They, they gave up right away. And uh, the difference between a semi-good team, which I think Kentucky is, and a great team, is that Alabama won with a backup quarterback. So I don't want to hear any excuses on a backup quarterback. And also that uh, <clears throat> the first of the year when we played nobody teams, we should have blew them, every one of those teams out and gave the backup quarterback a little bit of opportunity to get in the game. But Will Levis had to stay in there from the first step all the way to the last step just to win the game. So we are a semi-good team. And there's a great philosopher that I want to quote. Uh, he was actually on your show probably five years ago or so. And he would say, well, if it's time for basketball season, I think you know what I'm talking about. You all have a good day. All right, Bob. We didn't have a show five years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's the other show that you're talking about. <laughs> um, but uh, I lost my point, Shannon. What did he just talk about? <laughs> just talking about how Will Levis stayed in the game in those early games. Oh, yes. Okay. So, which, which I didn't feel like, you know, they had to keep him in there. I felt like that was more along the lines of the fact that you have a new offensive coordinator and you want to get as many snaps with your starting quarterback as you can. I didn't feel like they had to keep Will Levis in the game at that point. And who's going to anticipate that you're going to have an injured starting quarterback? And if you mean the old Miss game, I think Will was just showing a lot of toughness. And if he if he didn't fumble on a down or two here or there, they should have won that game. But no. um, you're comparing Alabama and Kentucky. Let's be real. It's still Alabama. It's still Georgia. These teams still have that talent around the quarterback 
So when their backup comes in, they can still play at a pretty high level. Alabama also almost lost that game to Texas A&M. Yeah, let's not forget about that. I mean, that was a close game. So, I mean, Alabama and Georgia have shown some weaknesses. They have shown that they can be beat. And there's, you know, years that those two teams, I feel like no one even comes close to. And there's a couple of times that, I mean, Georgia uh, against Missouri didn't look all that great. And then right. you had Alabama and A&M this weekend. So. Look, it's tough. It's the SEC. It's not easy. Um, even though you might have won seven of the last eight against one of your SEC opponents, you have to come in ready to go every game. Now, I mentioned something earlier in the show and said Kentucky doesn't have a special teams coach. Yes. And I want to correct myself a little bit because they do have co-special team coordinators on the team. John Settle, who coaches running backs, and also the safeties coach, Frank Bufano. I think they also have a quality control coach that works with the kickers and punters. But they do not have a special teams head coach. They do not have a main guy to take responsibility for what has happened over these last two or three weeks. That is the point I was making when saying that. Okay, there we go. Glad we cleared that up. I mean, you got to coach running backs and safeties <laughs> at the same time. Is special teams not important enough for their own coach? I mean, you talk about winning in all facets of the game, and right now that is a third of the game that you are giving up many points in. All right, 502-571-1080. He is Billy Rutledge. He's fired up this morning. I'm Shannon the Dude. Before we go to our last break, Billy, let me tell you about QC Kinetics. They are the nation's leader in this exciting new treatment with advanced regenerative medicine when it comes to joint pain, non-surgical alternatives. If you're living with joint pain from an injury or arthritis, don't let them tell you that steroids and pain meds and surgery are your only options. QC Kinetics uses regenerative treatments that can restore and repair damaged tissue. Maybe you've been diagnosed with bone-on-bone -bone arthritis and you've been told that you need a replacement. Call QC Kinetics now for an alternative way to deal with the pain. These are amazing protocols that work with pain caused by injury as well, like a torn meniscus or a rotator cuff. You can give them a call at 859-534-8600. That's 859-534-8600. Call QC Kinetics now. Don't keep living with that pain. Learn how regenerative medicine can give you your life back with no drugs, no surgery, and no downtime. Free consultation at QC Kinetics at 859-534-8600. Final segment of the KSR Pre-Show coming up next. Segment KSR pre-show 502-571-1080. Shannon the dude, Billy Relich. Billy, did you watch any baseball over the weekend? You know what, Shannon? I tried to get into baseball this weekend yeah. after the longest regular season in all of professional sports. I thought I'd flip on a playoff game. And then I had to wait 15 innings to to see a, a, a <laughs> single run as the Guardians beat the Rays one to zero in game two of that series. I mean, after that I was just I was done with it, Shannon. So that was my baseball watching for the year. You didn't watch it. Oh, come on, man. It was been I think it's really been an exciting uh wild card series that we've had. Uh, not that game. The fifteen innings I watched, but uh I have been I have seen some of the other stuff that's been going on around the league. And the Mets are already out of the playoffs. That's How about right, that? man. Yeah, the Mets. I mean, you talk about an epic collapse. This may be the the biggest collapse in baseball history. The fact that they led the league pretty much the entire season. They gave up the lead of the you know, East on game 159 out of 162. And then lose the opening series against the Padres. And now we're out. Wow, biggest collapse in yeah. baseball history. Well, that, I mean, would, that would definitely be something. Well, I mean, they had a 10-game lead over the Braves at one point. Yeah, sure. No, I I see what you mean. But now the uh, who do the Braves play? Has so, that been decided? So they, yeah, they play the Phillies. So Ryan, okay. St. Louis Cardinals. As I told them, we're gonna get beat. They got swept 
lost their first two games of the, uh, the three-game series, so they yeah, are has, out. Has anybody checked on Ryan? That was a rough Saturday for him. Yeah, it was. Whether it be the Cardinals getting eliminated, Dane Key getting injured, the Cats losing. I, I hope he brings his, his positive enthusiasm. So. Yeah, I, ho- I hope so. Uh, so, yeah, the Braves will play the Phillies now. You got the Mariners who hadn't been in the playoffs for, I don't know how many years. They had a long drought, though, where they hadn't been in the playoffs. And now they are uh, moving on to play the Houston Astros tomorrow. You got yeah, the that Mar- was the longest drought in professional sports that they snapped getting into the playoffs. You got the Guardians and Yankees, and you got the Padres and the Dodgers. So there you go. There's your baseball talk for a Monday, and that all starts tomorrow. 502-571-1080. Let's go to Brian. What's up, Brian? Hey, Brian. Hey, guys. Uh, just want to say, as disappointing as this past weekend was, I want to play the role of optimist this morning and just point out a few things I think we have going in our favor right now. Um, first, we didn't see our strongest team this past weekend. Um, as far as our expectations for the rest of the season, I think we're going to see Tennessee get beat by Alabama. We're going to see Georgia get beat by Tennessee. That still puts some lofty goals within reach, even though it looks like not going to be as possible as we thought it might be at the beginning of the season. But <clears throat> the biggest thing I think I want to look at is um, I think we have a team right now that's really kind of backed into a corner. If you look at where we were with pre, uh, preseason expectations, I'm not sure we've ever had a team in this position. I'm just curious to kind of see how they respond uh, moving forward uh, going into Mississippi State. So that's all I got. Thanks, guys. Thank you for the call, Brian. Yeah, I'm not going to say, though, that Ole Miss beat us twice, Billy. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> Ole Miss beat us once. They we did. lost once to South Carolina without Will Levis, and that's all there is to it. Well, what was the other cliche we were tired of saying? Don't let one loss become two. Well, that's what I was well, just saying there. Yeah. Don't let two become three. <laughs> you said Ole, don't Ole Miss beat us twice. You don't want to let two become three or three become four. You're right, Ryan, or Brian, whatever your name is. I mean... <laughs> You're backed in a corner. You got high expectations. Uh, How is this offense going to respond? I am going to be nitpicking Skangarilla's play calling, whether that be right or wrong, Shannon. That's yeah. just where we're at now. Yeah, but all is not lost of the season yet. I mean, you're four and two. Yes, it's very frustrating to lose the, the oldness the way that you lost, and then you lose to South Carolina. That's frustrating anytime you lose to South Carolina, regardless of what the situation is. You still feel like you should win that game, even with Kyra Sharon as your starting quarterback, who, yeah. who, by the way, did not lose the game. It wasn't lost on him. It's not like he's the only reason they lost that game. But, uh, you know, if you're looking ahead, as long as we can get Will Levis healthy, I still feel good about the rest of the season. Yeah, if they can stop shooting themselves in the foot, they can stop with the penalties, they can stop beating themselves. Another cliche. Yeah, yes. Now, if we have a situation where Will Levis can't go this Saturday, then that does change the outlook of things. Now I'm really concerned at this point. But, you yeah. know, is, is it a little nagging injury? Because that's what it seems to be. You know, if it's a, a nagging injury that he can get through and can play through... Yeah, I think that maybe they're just letting him rest up this week and then going to go full strength the rest of the season. Well, I think that I heard on the pregame that, you know, if it was the Sugar Bowl, it was versus Georgia, Will Levis would have got it out and played. But they felt like they had a good game plan around Sharon and they had a whole week to prepare with him. But I think that all changed after the first play, honestly. Let's go to Casey. What's up, Casey? Hey, good morning, fellas. How are you guys doing? All right. Good. Um, So... Um, a couple things about the game. So, isn't it ironic? Now we're all yelling, "Run the bang ball!" Whenever we all was like going crazy with Eddie Grand because we had no air game, and and now we're all like, "Give it to C Rod! Give it to C Rod!" Um, I just find that funny. And then what's going to hurt though? I have a feeling 
what if we won out from here now? Think about that. Think how much that would haunt us that we lost. If we beat Tennessee, especially, uh, how much that's going to, I mean, it's just, I'm bummed from the weekend, but hopefully we will bounce back, not beat ourselves for a third time uh, and all that stuff. And I think big blue kazoos could save this season. I say for Mississippi State, bring out the big blue kazoos and let's go. Happy yeah, Monday, guys. Thank you, Casey. Thanks, I did Casey. see Casey, uh, as you mentioned on Friday, Billy, tried to post on the Bond That Bridge, so to speak, Facebook page to get everybody to bring the kazoos, the big blue kazoos to the game. Not a lot of people were on board with that. Yeah, people <laughs> angry at us uh, for these ideas, a little riled up. But, I mean, look, this would be a good week for it. Mississippi State's going to bring in their artificial noisemakers and just, you know, go around the rules of the SEC with their cowbells. Then, you know, Kentucky should do the same. Um, but you know, Shannon, I think if they went out, there's nothing to be disappointed about because at that point there's a good chance Tennessee had lost twice. Maybe Georgia had lost twice. Then sure. you're going to Atlanta. So, I mean, I don't know how you would look back and what would have been if that were to be the case. Well, as optimistic as I am looking forward for the rest of the season, I don't think we're going to worry about Kentucky going undefeated for the rest of the season. I just don't think that's going to happen. Oh, you don't think so? No, no. Let's go to Chad. What's up, Chad? Hey guys, uh, uh, I wanted to touch on one thing that you you said. I was kind of thinking over the weekend. You said, uh, you know, Kai Sheeran's play didn't lose the game, and he, he didn't. You know, he was he was as steady as you, you could expect, I think, out of a backup. But I think I think the difference is, uh, you know, the fact that he was in there instead of of Levis really shrunk the playbook. And if you look back at these games we've won, we've won it with our playmakers like Barry and Brown and Dante Key. And I think he just there were there were some of the throws that Levis could make or some of the plays they could call with Levis in there that they couldn't call with him in there. I just wanted to see right. what you guys thought about right. that. Right. All right, man. No, you're right, Chad. They were afraid to throw the ball down the field. And you could that was definitely seen in the first half. We'll talk more about it coming up next on Kentucky Sports Radio from 10 to noon. He's Billy Rutledge with Shannon the Dude. We'll talk to you tomorrow. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.